Yes, people, what's happening? And welcome to the Frankie Allen podcast. You are here with your host, Will Cranny, alongside the UK's most feared comedian, Frankie Allen. Frankie Allen, welcome to podcast number 21. Twenty-one, yeah, great. Lucky number for you, innit? Well, I'm into numerology, a study numbers and a study kind of like coincidences in the you know the significance of numbers. And uh, number twenty-one is a big number in my life. Okay, why? Really is. Well, my mother, when she was a kid, she lived in number twenty-one. Twenty-one seems to follow me around a little bit. Whereas I had a brother who was born on the twenty-first of January. I. Uh, Got another brother who was born on the 21st of February. I went on Opportunity Knox the first time I went on television was on the 21st of March. Okay. Um, so it seems 21st like- of April, who's a friend of mine, Big Fred, he's passed away. His missus, uh, Irene, her birthday was 21st of April. It was also 21st of April. I met a girl that I used years ago I used to live with and stuff the 21st of May. Uh, just the other day is the birthday of uh, my mate Danny Down and his son. 21st of June is your granddad's birthday. Okay. 21st of July. 21st of August, I used to go with this girl. That was her birthday. 21st of September, my mate Dino. I was in a movie with him. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, Al's lads. He was born. Uh, that's his birthday, 21st of September. Um, and I can go right through the year. 21 just seems to follow me around. Very significant number to me. Okay, so have you got any kind of idea why that might be that it's following you around? Nobody knows. I mean, nobody knows whether or not there's an afterlife. Nobody knows really for sure what it's all about. But everybody that's watching this will know that sometimes, you know, there's certain coincidences in your life. I remember I watched a, t- a TV programme a few years ago and it was about this, about coincidences and things. This fellow that lived down south, his name was Mr Robin. Okay. He went and bought this house, but he didn't know he was buying the house off of Mr. Finch. But the fellow who had the house before Mr. Finch, he found out, was Mr. Sparrow. Weird. And it was so weird. Then the solicitor came along and his name was Raven, Mr. Raven, that done the conveyancing and things. So it's very, very strange. So you've got to say to yourself sometimes, when coincidences happen, is it just, you know, a little kind of like quirk of fate, something you can laugh off? Sometimes things happen, you go, hang on a minute, like this fella said, how can you have seven owners of a house with the names of birds? Yeah. Weird, isn't it? Well, I think that's a good place to start the podcast, to be honest with you, because obviously a lot of people may or may not know that you're quite spiritual in the way that you are. And I mean, that's kind of like a million miles away from your stage persona and demeanor with regards to, you know, you you are interested in like weird psychic things. And we did do a psychic hour once on a Facebook live, didn't we? But it didn't turn out that well. You didn't like it. So you put a, you put a boot no, in really, you dragged why, me why, off. Why, why, why did it stop? I've no idea. What, what about Ken Rafferty? There's a fellow called Ken Rafferty in Dublin. He's a good lad. He always comes on the lives. And uh, he said, Frank, he sent me a message through. He said, you've just sent me little boy to sleep. <laughs> so he was only having a fucking laugh, Will, but I thought it was very good. No. And it's something a lot of people were interested in. Because it's not your bag, we didn't continue. No, I'm it. happy to talk about it. So it, basically, we'd done a paranormal hour previously. Mm. And if anyone doesn't know, 
Would you say you were quite spiritual? Would you say you're quite psychic? I'm always kind of looking out for strange things and funny coincidences and whatever, you know, kind of thing. Like I've got a mate, Bill Holden, Will Holden. He's an actor and things, and he lives in Madrid in Spain now. He's been there for years. But here's another strange thing. I went to an opportunity in Oxen 87 mm-hmm. on the 21st of March. That's Billy's birthday. And Billy, me and Billy, like going back to when I was 19 and 20, and we were both 19 and 20, he wrote the very first script with me that I used to go on stage. And then I go, the first time I go on a TV is on his birthday, and I hadn't seen him for like 20 years, so it's weird, isn't it? It's all kind of like a jigsaw puzzle, things kind of interacting, you know, you interact with things and you find out maybe somebody got married on your birthday that you know or somebody died on the day that you kind of like uh, were born or whatever, you know, it's a weird, strange thing. Well, I'm a great believer in synchronicity myself and, you know, meeting the right people at the right time and yeah. stuff like that. People coming in and out of your life and you go, yeah. fucking hell. Where would it be in life if I hadn't met that person and wasn't that just strange timing and all the rest okay. of it? Do you think that stuff like that's kind of like predestined or have you met people and gone, fucking hell, that was spooky, that? Yeah, you know, I've met a lot of people who kind of like, uh, it's strange how you can, sometimes you can hear about somebody's name, people mention people to you, and although you haven't met them, you feel somehow as though you know them and it's happened to me and then a few years later you've met them. Okay. And you've kind of like, you're, you're kind of picking up something from the spirit world that's telling you that one day you will meet them, you know, because time, we're living in time, aren't we? Where things happen next year, last year, in 10 years' time. But maybe there's other dimensions where there's no time. So we're kind of brushing up against things where you meet someone. We've all done it where you've met someone. And it's happened to me where you, you meet someone and they're dead nice to you but you don't really like them. Get a bad vibe off them. You get a bad vibe off them. Mm. And then later on, it could be years later, you've had a bit of trouble with them over something or they've done something or they've disrespected you or spoken about you, talked about you. So it's very weird. It's very strange. And also you can hear someone's name and you go, it rings a bell. Why why, why does that name ring a bell? Then you'll meet them later on. So I don't know what the answer is. Nobody really knows. But certainly there's a lot of strange, weird coincidences going on as we speak. Well, I know that Derek Okora was a good friend of yours. Derek Okora. Now, anyone who remembers Derek Okora, Derek Okora was on um, a TV programme, a TV show called Most Haunted with Yvette Fielding. Yvette Fielding started the show in 2003. I think Derek Okora was with her for about nine or ten years. Now, anybody who knew Derek Okora on the television, he's passed away, sadly, a few years ago. He was a great lad, Derek. And he really did have a lot of psychic ability. I remember going to see him when he was in a shop in Liverpool, in Wavertree, Wavertree Road in Liverpool, Edgehill. And uh, he was brilliant with me. He told me an awful lot of things that he couldn't possibly have known before I got to know him. Okay, tell us about uh, that. How long ago was this? Well, you're talking about 25 years ago, Mm. something like that, you know. I mean... This is before he's famous, like... Before he was famous, before Derek Okora was famous... Um, he actually, I don't think he got fired, but he left Most Haunted because he was actually set up by, I'm not sure if it was one of the technicians, but somebody worked for Most Haunted, didn't like him. Okay. And he passed 
some information to Derek. He said, Derek, this house that we're going to now, they used to go to the house, a vet field and Derek Akora, and go to kind of a house where they'd heard rumours that it was haunted. Yeah. And a vet field and try and make contact with the spirit. Then Derek would pick up the names of people who'd lived there. And he was spot on many, many times. But this technician told him something. He said, Derek, you know that uh, this guy used to live and his name, he was a South African, he used to live here. And he gave the name to Derek Akora. Mm. And Derek Akora mentioned the fella mm. on live TV. Yeah. Then the fella grasped him up to the papers and everything. And he said, the name I give him is Derek the Faker. <laughs> Backwards. You are, you are messing No. So that was the end of Derek Akora. Just blown sky eye. This fella, yeah, I mean, he was very psychic, Derek. I'm going to tell you about that in a minute. You Go know, on. how psychic he was and how brilliant he was with me. He had a lot of real ability. But for whatever reason, this fella said to him, Derek, this house that we're going to now, there's a fella called uh, Fred Akiri. Yeah. He used to, he lived in this house and he died in this house. So Derek went on and he went, Fred Akiri, I'm getting the name Fred Akiri. Yeah. And then, all it was was Derek is a faker backwards. Derek the faker. And then... Because the fella didn't like him. He got him. up. So, and then something happened and Derek had to retire from the show. But at one point he was he was really famous as a psychic, wasn't he? Um, and obviously you've witnessed firsthand him, you know, his psychic powers on you. Is that right? Psychic powers on me. Go I on, remember so. going to see him. This has got to be in 1990. Yeah. And I'd What's heard that, about 30 him. 30 years ago, yeah. Yeah, 30 years ago. I walked into my sister told me about him. I walked into his office. It's kind of a shop, just an old shop in Liverpool, Waverty Road. Wait there, just to stop you first, how did she tell you about him? And she said, Oh, there's a fella, he's brilliant. She had the reputation. She through one of his mates that there was a, a, a clairvoyance, a psychic, you know, who was very, very good. Mm. And he had a lot of ability. And I was always into it. And she said, let's go and see them. So I went with my sister to see him. When we walked in... What did he have, like a little shop? He had like a shop and he had a little room at the back. But basically there were chairs everywhere. When we walked in, there were hundreds of women sitting around. Okay. Waiting to see him. He was dead busy, very, very popular. And uh, the room was full of smoke. You could smoke then, yeah. full of cigarette smoke. And... Uh, when I walked in, Derek Accorda was arguing with this woman. He said, look, love, I can't see you today. There's too many people here. I'm too busy. I won't be able to give everyone like the 40 minutes that I, I can't see all these people today. It's getting ridiculous. And uh, then he was just standing there and I said to my sister, let's go. Mm. You know, we'll come back another time. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, as we were walking out, I just heard the name Martin. And he just shouted Martin. Yeah. Which is my name. Well, your real name. Not your my real name, name. Frankie Allen is my name. But Martin is the name I was christened with. Yeah. Baptised with Martin. So he says, Martin, and something made me stop and listen. <laughs> yeah. Then he said, John and Martin. There's two brothers, John and Martin. Well, I've got a brother called John. Yeah. So my sister freaked out. And then this scrubber in the sitting in the fucking shop, she went, I've got a cousin called John. And he went, no, no, no. <laughs> These are two brothers. Two, like yeah. There's only two years between them. And I said, well, that's me, John and Martin. So he went, 
is this your mother? Is she very dark? Is, is she foreign? Like Spanish, our family. So I said, yes, she said, she's playing something like, does she play a piano or is it an accordion? And I said, yeah, it's an accordion. She used to play an accordion. She was in a Latin American dance band. So he said, she's telling me that you're leaving now, aren't you? She's telling me not to go and to wait and to be patient. But you must see me today. Okay. So... And your mum had passed away at this she point, died obviously. She at this yeah. point. This was two years after she died. So we sat there, me and my sister waited. I went in to see him. And as soon as I went in, he said to me, yeah, you know, there's a, a girl come, has come with you today as well as your mother. This girl calls Jean. She's a very pretty girl. And I had a cousin called Jean who died when she was 23, tragically. And he was brilliant with me. He didn't know me. He couldn't have possibly known anything about me yeah now i had a friend at the time fred big fred remember big fred wait there i don't think he was even your friend at this point was he i didn't really know fred okay fred has passed away now he was a great he became a very close friend of mine he was six foot five i think he's a huge man and uh he was like he was like a color fella i think his dad was from barbados and his mother was from Liverpool, but he was kind of brought up in South Wales, but he had relatives in Liverpool, so he came to Liverpool. I'd seen him work in the clubs. I'd seen him working, um, managing clubs, and I'd seen him as a bouncer. He worked on the doors, you know, in Liverpool, and I knew him very vaguely. If I sometimes ever seen him in the local cafe, because he lived in Kensington, where I lived, he'd just, like, nod, and I'd nod to him, but I didn't know him. Yeah. So well, I'm sitting there, so Derek Akora says to me, Right, he says, uh, you're going to be working with this guy very soon. And uh, he's huge. He's a big, he's one of the biggest fellas you've ever seen. If he came in here today, he'd have to lower his head to get through the door. Mm. So he's telling me different things. He said, this guy, is, his name's Fred. Um, you do know him a little bit. You become a very close friend of his. And uh, he's huge. He's six foot six or whatever. And if he came in here, he'd have to lower his head. To get through the door, he's a huge man. He's a mixed race guy, and he's called Fred. Yeah. So, anyway, after he'd be sister had been to see him, she told me sister. He told me sister some things that, uh, you know, nice things, very good things, that personal things. She didn't really tell me. And when we got back to my house, we were just sitting there having a coffee. So I said to my sister Kate, the only thing that he told me that I can't really put my finger on, he said. This big black guy, going to be six foot five or whatever, going to come to me like be a very close friend of mine. He's a singer and he's called Fred. And I don't know anyone who's that big. And then she said, Big Fred? <laughs> yeah. So I just went, Big Fred the bouncer? She went, yeah. I said, he's a singer. She said, yeah, he sings. He's singing on the karaoke and he sings on the clubs. Yeah. So I said, oh, my God. Then the penny dropped. And I thought, well, I don't really know him. Yeah. How so well did went, you know him, just to let on Only just to say hello to him. Yeah. Just wave to him in the street or ever saw him in the cafe or just give him a thumbs up. But didn't never spoken to him. So she said, well, you'll have to go round to where he lives. He lived in the next street to where I lived. You'll <laughs> yeah. have to go round and tell him that you've been to a psychic and the psychic had told me, Derek had told me, he had a message for Big Fred. Okay. And he must come and see him. 
Okay. So I said, Kay, look, said to me, sister, not everyone's crazy nuts like us on psychics <laughs> and clairvoyance. Yeah. I don't really know him. I could go round to his house and he could say, look, mate, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, well, what, you're a fucking crank? Yeah, definitely. And I was, she said, you've got to go and see him. She said, how would you like it if someone that you didn't know went to see someone and said, I've got a message for a called Frankie. He's a comedian. Wouldn't you want them to come to your house and tell you? Yeah. I said, okay. Anyway, so the next day I thought, I've got to go round and see him. And tell him. So I went round and knocked on his door and he came to the door. It's a huge man, just had these shorts on. Were you nervous on. walking around thinking, yeah, fucking hell? Yeah, I was out. scared. You know, I didn't know what <laughs> yeah. So I said, hi, Fred. And he went, what's up, what's up? Yeah. He thought maybe someone was picking on me or whatever, you know. Yeah. And uh, I said, look, Fred, I don't know how to tell you this. I've been to see this psychic and he mentioned you. Now, little did I know... He was more into psychics and the future and ghosts and weird stuff than I was. Okay. So he looked at me and he was just shocked. And he said, what did he say? <laughs> he said, do you know a guy, he's a mixed race guy, he's six foot five, he's huge, his name's Fred. I've got an important message for him from the spirit world. And he just screamed. <laughs> he went, ah! And his missus was called Irene, and he went, Irene! So she ran out. So he came into, I came into his house. I was sitting in the front room. His missus would make me tea and sandwiches. I was there all day and all night. Just kept saying to me, tell me right from the beginning, as soon as you walked in, what did he... You didn't tell me that before. Yeah, yeah, You didn't yeah. tell me you had a black shirt on. Yeah. Start again. Don't miss anything out. He was worse than me. So then Fred went to see him and he told Fred some important things about his career singing, saying that he'd become famous, which he was really. He was very famous up in the northeast of England. He became a, he won the northeast Newcastle and Sunderland um, Entertainer of the Year award. I think it was in '93, whatever. But um, he became a very close friend of mine because of that. Yeah. Weird. So we talk about synchronicities in life. If you hadn't been to see Derek Corder on that day and you hadn't just burst around to Fred's house, you'd never have become friends with him. How friendly did you become with him? Like? Well, I became very friendly with him. We were, you know, we were like brothers in the end. They become very close friend. And uh, it's strange how people kind of like, it's weird how people come in and out of your life. Life and although Fred died, I didn't know that at the time, as well as Fred being my mate, he was a friend of another friend of mine, Jimmy Price. You're joking. When Jimmy Price's daughter was born, Fred came along to the hospital and brought flowers and champagne and whatever. Jimmy Price knew Fred very well, but I didn't know. It's weird how you know somebody. They know someone, but you don't really become aware of the fact that they're friends with someone else and they kind of come into your life years later. Yeah, yeah, Like I've yeah. become a very close friend of Jimmy Price's now. So it's always took Fred's place. And he was a friend of Fred's at the time and I didn't know. So it's all kind of like jigsaw puzzle, isn't it? It's very weird the way things kind of, um, what's the word? Um, people come in and out of your life and you don't know why and you don't know why. Well, that's why I was curious as to what you think. Like, do you think things are predestined? Do you think that everyone's got a path and they're kind of just going along that path? Or do you think that yeah. like... The decisions that you make yeah. totally change your life. So, yeah, as an example, yeah. 
do you think you were destined to meet Fred yeah. and destined to meet Derek Ikora? Or do you think, you know, if that day you hadn't have been to see Derek Ikora, then Fred just would never have been in your life? Um, I'm, I never used to, but I'm beginning to think that everything is predestined. Okay. Why? What makes you think that? Because uh, things have happened and I've been told things. There used to be a woman knocking about called Mrs. Lloyd, okay. who was a psychic. And she was very good. She told me things. I mean, she told me things about you. Like what? I don't really want to discuss it at the moment, but I'll, I'll, I can, I'll tell you another time. What do you mean? Nothing bad. You know. <laughs> well, why can't you tell me? Well, it's just... Is she, she, you saw her before Derek Akori? Before or? Derek Akori, yeah. yeah. This was kind of like before I met your mum, whatever and all that. And she was just, you know, said you'll have a son and everything and told me little things about you. But years before you were born. I'll tell you about... Now, this is another one. This is another woman now. She's dead now, just like Derek Akori and Mrs Lloyd. A lot of people in Liverpool know, but she was brilliant. Yeah. Now, I went to see her in 1980. Now... Seriously though, do you think these type of people, I mean, there'll be a lot of people who are skeptical probably in the comments saying, Frankie, fucking hell, these people are full of shit and all that. Like, do you think these people have got a real gift? Like genuinely? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of charlatans, a lot of phonies, a lot of false people in the business of foretelling the future, just like there are in comedy. I mean, I know people on the television. I know them personally. I won't mention their names. Who are multimillionaires on the television. The comedians, they are fucking rubbish. Mm. There's fellas sweeping the streets today. There's fellas standing in a pub in the middle of like Birmingham or whatever in the corner and having a little drink who's a hundred times funnier. It's just that they've been in the right place at the right time and uh, they've just bluffed their way through. Yeah, but that's interesting because that ties into predestiny as well. Like as though like, you know, was that predestined for them? Well, anyway, I don't want to go off on a tangent. Tell me about Mrs. Lloyd. Yeah, Mrs. Lloyd, she was... Uh, she went to one of my aunt's house one lunchtime. I was working in this place in Liverpool, this fucking plate factory making plates and all that stuff. Anyway, worked in this place. Went to see Mrs. Lloyd in my dinner hour. My mother was there and whatever. And I had an uncle, my uncle John. And he died, and he died of a brain tumour. Now, I always thought he died in hospital. Yeah. Went to see him in hospital. Thought he died in hospital. But as soon as I went in... um. She said to me, somebody died of a brain tumour in this house. And I found out months later that my Uncle John came home the day before he died. Okay. So she told me that I was on the stage and she told me kind of like I'd be famous and things. Just like 30 years before I ever made it. Go on. Said I'd be up on stage and people would be looking up at me and I'd be speaking and I'd be talking down to them. And your name will be in lights and... Stuff like that, you know, told me an awful lot of stuff. Told me you'll have a son and uh, um, just mentioned people's names that I didn't know but I became familiar with years later. Say anything cool about what your future is going to be? Is anything that they've told you come true? Um, yeah, but it's starting to come true now, isn't it? You know, the fame thing. Yeah. Yeah, Mrs. Lloyd, she was very good. She was excellent. She's passed away now. She's died. But not just me. Um, I've heard good reports about her from other people. She's been, you know, she's she's uh, done readings for other people, and she she was excellent. Yeah, but you said you've always had an image in your mind of what? Oh, this is an image I've had in my mind. I think we're all psychic to an extent, and we can all kind of like peep over 
the precipice that seems to the future a little bit. But even when I was a kid, I always had this kind of daydream. I always thought that I'd be in somewhere one day on stage and there'd be, it was not never women, it was always fellas. There'd be hundreds of fellas flooding towards me, trying to, trying to see me, you know? Yeah. And that kind of came, it's, that came true. It's already come true. Did she say anything else, or has anyone else ever said anything to you that that has finally come true in the end? She or said, is there anything still to come? Yeah, I just said you know something that hasn't come true. Really, yeah. that she said to me was through the comedy and through working on the stage and things, I'd make an awful lot of money, which hasn't come true up to now. Will though, but but you, and she said to me, you you make so much money that you your son, she said, will inherit your money. <laughs> yes, nice one for That's that. That's a good shout. I'm rubbing my hands together. So I'm still on that waiting one. for that to fucking. Did happen. she actually say that? Yeah, yeah, decent. She's saying it about me. Um, but you'd be very successful. Yeah, yeah. You've got a son who's would be very very clever. Son, she said, very. Talented. Are you agreeing yeah. with that one? Yeah, nice one. Shout yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, fill us in about. Other uh, psychic things that have happened in your life because I'm I'm just dead interested going yeah. on on this tangent, only because. But you don't like talking about this stuff. No, nah, I'm really? keen in talking why, about why it. Into it now? Only because, obviously, I've heard you talk about yeah. that many different stories and that. I'm yeah. I'm interested in the synchronicity part of it only because I've noticed as I've getting older and older. You mean serendipity? That's what I mean. Yeah, serendipity. If anybody doesn't know what serendipity means. Serendipity means things happen um, and somehow they're connected. Um, it's difficult to explain really without reading a definition from a dictionary. It's like fate. That's what I mean. Yeah, fate. It's like fate. And it, it, it's as though things that have got co consequences, you do something and something else will happen and then the impact of what you've done will affect something else and it'll come back to you in your life. And it's as though it's kind of like a crazy, as I said before, jigsaw puzzle. And every now and then you see something, you can see the pieces coming together. Yeah. yeah, no, there's there's weird things like that that have happened in my life. Like, for example, when I was 17, I leave school, I go to college. Yeah. The two teachers are Emil and Pete. Okay. Okay. 10 years later, I'm working on a festival as the head of marketing, Emil is producing it. Um, you know, Pete's doing the live stuff on it. Emil becomes me one of my best friends. Pete is another one of my really good friends. He's working as production manager for us. It's just like a mad, weird vibe. Like, how does that end up happening? How did that happen when you knew them years? How come they've come back into your life? Yeah. That's what you got to say. And it is a weird thing. And we all know that, you know, it's like, I suppose everyone's psychic in a way. We all know sometimes the phone rings and before you pick the phone up, you it know is. who it's going to be. Yeah. Like I knew who that was when my phone has just gone. <laughs> this has probably been cut off. Yeah. But my phone <laughs> went before and I knew it was young Dave, a mate of ours. <laughs> yeah. But I heard you talking about a story the other week about you staring at a door because it had 54 on it or something weird No, like what that? that was, I lived in this place in Wavertree. Now this is going back like a long time, 30 years 1984, and I was in my house, and I was drinking then. You know, I used to drink. It was only me 20s. I used to drink a lot, bit of a piss head, and uh, I'd been somewhere that night, and I drove home, 
And I think me mate Danny had been in the house. We were both sitting up drinking this Jack Daniels or whatever. And then he'd gone home, got a taxi, went home. And it was in the summer. So I just lived in this little terraced house. So in Colville Street in Waver Street, which is another weird thing because I lived in Colville Street. I'm a comedian living in Colville Street in Waver Street. Freddie Starr, who was a comedian, who's very famous and died, passed away. He lived in the same street. Okay. Yeah, before me. And this particular night, I was just sitting there. And I felt a bit strange this night. And I'd always had a thing about... Uh, I'm telling the story wrong here. Danny was there. What happened? Me and Danny were in the house. My mate Danny Down, and he's a great comedian. He lives in Benidorm now in Spain. He's worked in Spain for many years. We were sitting in my house in the summer having a drink, and the door was open, and it was in the summer. And if Danny was here, he'd tell you this. All of a sudden, we heard this huge bang. Mm. Like it was as though some, like a door had come off its hinges and slammed on the floor. Mm. So we both ran into the kitchen and there was just nothing there at all. Mm -hmm. Nobody had been banging on the door, nothing had fell. And we were just talking about it, saying, how weird is that? That's very strange. So in the end that night, I thought, something, somebody's trying to tell me something here, but I don't know what the fuck it is. So Danny went home, got a taxi home, and I was just sitting up. And then the front door was open. I was looking at the number of the door. And I was, I was living in number 59. And I thought, I thought that number means that something is telling me something. That bang, it's something telling me about this number 59. Why does it mean something to me? So this is going to sound crazy, but I just sat on the couch all night just looking at this 59 and knew it was on the tip of my tongue what that it meant something very important to me. But I didn't know why. And in the end, I couldn't, it wouldn't come to me. In the end, I kind of gave up on it. And I went to bed and I kind of like forgot about it. And then a few years later, when my mum died, she was 59. Mad. So it's strange, isn't it? It's weird. I've, it's just, it's, I'm curious as to, you know, I know how spiritual you are and I'm trying to get that across to people yeah. so that they can kind of... I don't know whether you, you know, you feel the same way in the comments, whether you've had experiences like that in your life where you've had premonitions or, you know, serendipity and synchronicity in that way yeah. where things have kind of fallen into place at the right time. But you have always said to me that sometimes you get bad vibes and like a way ahead of time, like you're onto stuff where bad things are going to happen or you know something's around the corner. Yeah, I mean, some things you can kind of pick up, you know, without being psychic. It's like if I walk into a club. You can know if someone's snarling at you and was a bad answer. Yeah, not, but with an audience, you know, I'll know with an audience. Oh, like when we did Wrexham, we done Brimbo Sports and Social in Wrexham. And when we got in there, I just peeped at the crowd through the curtain on the stage. They couldn't see me. And I knew straight away that they were half pissed. Yeah. That they, you can tell, you can pick things up that they've been drinking. I can pick up straight away if it's, kind of like a bad crowd, if they've had too much to drink. Or I can also pick up if the cold, if it's a cold crowd, I'm going to have to work hard to get the laughs. Yeah. So you can pick up, and you can pick up things as well, kind of um, get feelings about things, obviously, can't you? But as I say, it, psychically, um, I mean, 1987, I was working in Germany for the army. And uh, 
when the agent rang me up, he said, do you want to go and do this, these gigs in Germany? Now, Valentine's Day, the 14th of Feb, is huge in the army. It's a huge, like a sweetheart thing because people are away from the partners and whatever in the army in Germany. So he said, do you want to go on the 14th of February mm. or do you want to go on the 30th of May? That's the other date you can go. And I said, well, I'd rather do the Valentine's thing. So I went on the 14th of February. Again, drove down to Folkestone and I went over to Zeebrugge, drove to Germany on this trip and got to the harbour at Folkestone and the ship that it was sailing on was the Herald of Free Enterprise. And that was the ship that sank on the 30th of May. You are messing no, the same ship. The same ship. I had the opportunity to go on the 14th of February or the 30th of May. I chose to go on the 14th of February. Now, this is something I've never really spoken to before, so this is the first. Never really spoken about in case anyone does think I'm a crank. Yeah. So. But you're happy to look like a crank I'll, today. Well, I, well, I don't mind. I'll, I'll tell people <laughs> this is So. Isn't it weird that sometimes you're on your own kind of thing? I drove up, I'm in this car park and it was nighttime. And it was about, when I got there, it was about four or five in the morning. So I had to just sit in the car for a couple of hours before I could drive onto the ship. Yeah. So I was sitting there on my own. There was no one else around. The ship, because it was nighttime, was all kind of like in the in the dark, really. You could see it. There were no lights on the ship. There was no one on the dock area. You could hear the pin drop. It was very, very quiet. So I'm just sitting there in my car, which I've done hundreds of times, waiting outside clubs for clubs to open. I'm just sitting in the car. It's about four in the morning, half four. Kind of twilight, a little bit dark. And I just looked up and I could see the ship. And on the side of the ship, it said... The Herald of Free Enterprise, that was the name of the ship. Mm. And as I'm looking at it, the name started glowing. Glowing to me, it started getting bright. And it was going bright and it was going dark. And it was it was kind of like, as though it was a little bit of a neon sign. And I felt very uncomfortable, very uneasy and a bit scared. I felt very frightened and I didn't know why. Anyway, it stopped, but it was glowing. Got on the ship, didn't think anything about it. And when I drove into the car bay where you park your car, the carport, hundreds of these cars, as it sailed away, they had this like a drawbridge that you see on a castle came down and everyone drove up it. But as we drove, as the ship sailed away, going from Folkestone to Zeebrugge, he didn't lift the gate up. The huge chains were holding it, and it was actually touching the water. And I remember getting on my car and looking at it and going, fucking hell, they'd have to be careful. How come the waves don't come in and sink mm. the ship? That's what happened on the 30th of May. Go on. They set sail, they set sail with the drawbridge kind of thing. Down. Down, touching the water. It was a bit of a rough sea that day, and a few waves come in started getting a little bit of water in. More water came in, more water started building up. And all of a sudden, 
the whole of the... Why would they have the drawbridge down? It's just so weird. Well, I, I'm not sure what happened. I think there were criminal charges that get up out it, weren't they? But they used to sail away. I mean, I'll be a witness, and I, I sailed away to Zeebrugge on Valentine's Day with, the, with, with the, the thing down. And as everybody knows, or a lot of people won't know, it was a long time ago, the water rushed in. The ship actually turned over in the English Channel because it was close to Zeebrugge, close to Belgium, when it, it it landed on its side in the harbour. Otherwise, a lot more people would have drowned. But a lot of people drowned, hundreds of people drowned. Fucking hell. Yeah. English people? English people, yeah. It's heavy, that. Yeah. I don't even know anything about it. Was it before I was born? Yeah, it was in 87, four years before you were born. Yeah. Was it a big deal, like, in the British Oh, press? huge all over the news and everything, and they were blaming the captain, trying to blame people of what had happened. But what I'm saying is... It's weird that that happened like two months later after I'd been on it. I could have been on the one that sunk. Mm. I had the opportunity to and turned it down, went on, on Valentine's Day. But also it was strange that I was sitting there on my own and the name of the ship was glowing. There were two ships. There was the Spirit of Free Enterprise, Sister Ships and the Herald of Free Enterprise. It was the Herald of Free Enterprise that went down, but that was the one that I sailed on. And I... I I always remember it always kind of kind of haunts me really because I'm not a good traveler as you know I can't fly in anything and when I got on the ship um I went to see the purser and I said can I have a cabin please I'll pay for a cabin mm. and he said go down the stairs and there's like these little cabins where there's beds and you can sleep so I thought it was like a 4 hour journey I'll sleep you know while we're crossing the channel because I, I feel felt a bit seasick and when I went down there, the young lad who was in charge of all the bunks and everything was a scouser. Okay. A fellow from Breck Road, Anfield, and I got talking to him. And I didn't even go in. I was drinking then. Uh, he, he had these bottles of beer, and we just <laughs> sat there talking for hours. Okay. And he's just typical scouser. He didn't give a fuck. And I said, how much of the cabins? He went, see whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. He just didn't care. Yeah. And he went, do you want something to eat? And he just opened his fridge and all that. And then... I felt a bit better. Later on, I went up to the um, kitchens mm. and the girl behind the counter said, oh, our chef's from Liverpool, a lad from Kirby. And he came out with a sort of... And it always kind of... I always think, I wonder if they died, you know. Yeah. Mad that, like. I met the, the young kid, the lad who was in charge of the cabins. Mm. And, he, you know, scouser, and I was having a drink with him. And I wonder if he's okay, if he survived, and, and the chef and the people in the um, on the ship, you know, the so people. So it ties there. in nicely to what we were talking about at the start of the conversation, which is, and the reason I was talking about this was because I was watching a TikTok video last night. Now, I'll often, when I go to sleep, I mean, you'd like it, to be fair, TikTok. It's got Matt, you like weird stuff, don't you? So yeah. you just flick through and it's just all random videos of all kinds. And this fella came on and he said, I find the maddest thing in life that like one decision affects every single other thing in, in life whatsoever. Okay. He's like, so for example, you know, I could try to walk out this room, think, yeah. oh no, I need to go to the toilet, go for a wee, right? And that one minute that I spent going for a wee m meant that like I didn't crash my car or something or like, you know, something mad like Is that. Is that what your synchronicity? That's what, what I'm you're talking, talking about, about. yeah. I would basically go, what he was saying was, the name of it, yeah. he said, he said, imagine, and this was a viral video, like he said, 
Like, for example, he said, if I go to go out and think, oh, I need to have a shave before I go to the shop. Yeah. He goes, but like a, a fella come down and like shot everyone in the shop. And then I get to the shop late and I'm yeah, the only person who survived. Isn't that just crazy the way like things like that happen? It's called the butterfly effect. Oh, the butterfly yeah, effect. Yeah, I've heard yeah. of that. Yeah, where a butterfly flaps its wings somewhere and then it affects things right around the world. Yeah. That's mad. It's, it's, it, it, it is very, very strange. But I mean, I'm a great believer in um, fate. I think I'm beginning to believe that uh, predestination is called, that your whole life is mapped out for you and you can't change it. I, I believe the opposite of me, you know. Really? I think that, much like we were talking about the butterfly effect, I think weird synchronicity things happen and I think, I actually think people are drawn to each other based on energy. Yeah. And I think that good people find each other and people that you resonate with and people that are on good vibes and stuff like that will find each other. Yeah. An example of that is my mate, Adrian Airgels, who is, if anyone's watching, it's the most random thing, but he's little pumps manager in America. Hispanic lad living in Miami. You've yeah. had conversations with him on he's the phone. He's a good lad, Spanish, yeah, spoke to him in Tenerife. Me yeah. and him are like brothers. And like, I've never met him. Yeah, it's so <laughs> we weird, like, isn't it? We yeah. like chill on the phone and that. And I met him through work, but obviously I've never met him on the phone. I've been on FaceTime in person. I've been on FaceTime with him numerous times. But I just think it's like, I think good people are drawn to each other. I think that's that's the fact. But mm. I also think that like, you know, nothing's predestined. You could literally just take one left turn and you're on a totally different path. Yeah, I, I think there's a little bit more to the human brain as well as what we think without being psychic. I think that the human brain has got some kind of a radar in it as well where you can pick up things. Um, you can pick up vibes from people and from places and uh, you're in situations, you can pick up a mood. Um, but when you start picking things up that haven't actually happened, then you're in the realms of spirit world of being psychic. And have you picked, ever picked up on things where you think that's going to happen or that's not going to happen or things have come true? Yeah. Like what? What you mean, things that, you know, I've just explained, haven't I, about I've always had a daydream about one day be famous, there'd be hundreds of people flooding the stage and actually knocking me over, and that happened. It happened up in Spennymore in Durham. Interesting. You know, that came true. Remember when the the the, 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 the dorm and the bouncers weren't much good, really, and, and a crowd of lads came forward for photographs and they knocked the banners over. Yeah, I'm just thinking about that with dreams as well. Do you think yeah. that's kind of part of it? You can you can get kind of prophetic dreams, um, but things happen. I think you can have um, a premonition, they call it, which you get a feeling that something's going to happen. You don't know why. And then when it comes true kind of thing, um, Obviously, you never get that feeling again because it's come through. But I, I think you can get you get feelings about things, don't you? You get a lot of people saying, you know, even in a football match, you might get saying, no, I've got a feeling we'll get beat here. Mm. You know, it's just kind of like you can pick up a vibe. It's like, the weird thing is, when Liverpool played um, Milan in the 2005 Champions League final, I was in Madrid. I was working in a pub in Madrid in, in, in this... Uh, Irish Rover pub in Madrid. They were watching the game and then I was on as well. 
But I don't know if you can remember or not, a lot of people kept going on and on about um, this is the fifth time that there were coincidences knocking about. Everything was pointing to the fact that Liverpool were going to win, mm. saying that uh, the last time they won, it's, they've won it five times. And uh, I can't even remember, but a lot of people out there will know that there's about nine or ten things and there was a text going round saying Liverpool will win because... They played in red and the last time they went to Madrid and all this business. Semi-final, it's all mad stuff it like that. It was all kind of... Winning all... goal in the semi-final, all kinds of madness. I can't even remember what it was now, but it was kind of like you go, fucking hell, they're definitely going to win. So when they were getting beat at half-time, 3-0, I remember being in this uh, pub in, in Madrid, sitting there thinking, right, well, you know, that's the end of all this fucking psychic thing for me because it just hasn't happened. 3 0. You can't win now. Mm. And miraculously, they won, didn't they? Yeah, Strange. I remember watching it. I must have been 2005. So, how old was I then? 16. Well, 16, yeah. And I remember sitting there, and obviously, you don't know that much about footy. I was sitting there watching it with my uncles and going, oh no, we're still in this. And they're thinking, they're saying to me, are you fucking joking? They're like, have you seen how unbelievable the team are? They're getting yeah. battered. Bosta, wasn't it? Oh, it's fantastic. And, oh, I've uh, never seen anything as heavy as uh, as Allison scored in the header though from a corner. Well, that was incredible. Any Liverpool fans out there, it's weird, isn't it? Because Liverpool season kind of hinged, became not a successful season, but they managed to get into the Champions League because of the goalie mm. scoring a header, which was totally incredible, totally unbelievable in the last few seconds of a game. I mean, it's like Rocky, isn't it? Like a Rocky movie. You couldn't have written the script. On the other hand, Man United had a lot of bad luck, lost the Europa League final, really, because of their goalie. It's weird, isn't it? Mm. Mad. Very interesting. And you've just said just Jordan the break. I hope this hasn't been too heavy for people. I hope people have enjoyed this podcast because obviously well, we keep it bright and easy. And I hate the way people go, you're supposed to be a comedian. This is supposed to be funny. At the end of the day, the reason why we do these podcasts is yeah. free and easy so people can just chill out, listen to them well, I think people get the fed up with us talking about comedy all the time and shows. And I mean, you, you know, always get the same fucking questions, don't you? Have you ever been filled in? People say, I mean, I've been, you know, you've been filled in a couple of times, been stabbed. I've had to work in some of the roughest places in the UK. Um, but I can work anywhere, anywhere in the country. I will work. But what I'm saying world, is, really, I can work and I'll go down great. What we're saying is that's covering old ground, really. So we just thought to just talk about like talk about things that are interesting. interesting. I mean, I'll tell us. you another little story as well, which which happened to me. I had a cousin called Dave, and he he died tragically of cancer, Dave. And he ran a security firm. And um, he had a fellow living with him when I got kind of like to know him. It's got to be like 30 years ago. I was still working on the clubs, done a bit of work on the clubs. I wasn't making much money. So he said to me, why don't you come and work for my firm as a security guard? Mm. I said, okay. So working with him, what you call a static guard, anyone who's done security work out there, what that means is I was on this building site, like a construction site. All I did all day was sit in this hut from 4 o'clock in the afternoon to 1 o'clock in the morning. Used to go patrolling around the building site, make sure nobody was pinching things, pinching wood. Worked in this factory in Skelmersdale, 
where kind of like a watchman really, just sitting in this office, sitting there all night, no one else was in there. I had to go and patrol around this massive cosmetics factory, just walking around it all night with a torch shining in the offices, making sure no one was trying to break in. So I did that for quite a while. And then I wasn't driver at the time and uh, cousin Dave, you had this fella living with him. I won't say his name, but he was originally from uh, Southampton down there, mm -hmm. but he'd come to Liverpool and he seemed like a nice guy. And he was sleeping on our Dave's couch and then he got him in his bedroom and I thought, why is the fella living in Liverpool? Never really. But he's an awful nice fella. And then one night I was working on this building site they were in Newtonley Willows, St. Helens. And our Dave said to me, Look, I'm going to transfer you from Newtonley Willows to this place in Southport. And uh, Jerry, I mentioned his name, Jerry's going to pick you up in his car. He'll take it along there. He was this, this this guy from Southampton. I used to get on okay with him. So he picked me up and we were driving. We'd actually drive it through the countryside, right across West Lancashire, really. It was very dark, very eerie. It was in the winter. He was driving. I was just a passenger. And as he was driving, I started to get a bit scared of him for some reason. Mm. Became quite afraid. And something came to me, said to me, Frankie, what would you do if this fella tried to strangle you right now? How would you defend yourself? How would you get out of this situation? So much so, the feeling was that strong. I thought, what I'd do if he tried to strangle me, I'd pull the handbrake up and let the car spin round and jump out the car and run away because he was a lot bigger than me. He was a fucking hell of a size, this fella. And I felt very afraid all the way to the other site when we got to Southport, stayed there. Anyway, I didn't really see the guy again. And uh, started getting a bit more work on the clubs. So I left the security worker, didn't do it. So I, I saw our Dave, you know, he came to one of my shows and he went, Fucking hell, he said, yeah, about what happened to Jerry? Mm. And I thought straight away, I'm going to, I knew then, I thought I'm going to be told now something weird about that guy mm. because I remember being scared that night. I said, what happened? He said, well, we were doing a security on this army base. Believe it or not, some of these army bases have private security around the outside. Yeah. He said, Jerry was working on it as a guard and... Uh, a fella climbed over a fence one night and Jerry caught him. Police came, the fella was arrested. So the police took his name. Then the police approached Dave and said, you know, you're the head of the company. We have a word with you. He said, what? He said, this guy that you got working for, you're the date of birth and whatever, Jerry, whatever his name was, he doesn't exist, there's no such person. He said, you'd have to try and find out his real name. So we've got a feeling he might be wanted yeah. So then the brigadier in charge of the army base wanted to give Jerry a commendation of the army, like this diploma, you know, for bravery. For for fella, for yeah. So the same thing happened simultaneously. Dave gave him his name and his date of birth, where he's born, his address and all. And he came back, he said, no, the, you know, the army are like the police. He said, there's no such thing, no such person. So the Dave went back to the police 
And he said, look, I've got a feeling, you know, there's something. So anyway, so they started watching him and things. And uh, they asked him to come down to the station with them. They took him into the station and they took his fingerprints. He was wanted in Southampton for six murders strangling people. You are messing. Huh? And can you Google that now and find it? If I can remember his name, I'll find out. What would he just type in? Southampton Strangler or something like that? Pro pro probably find Fucking out. Fucking heavy, I mean, that, isn't it? He'd strangled. It was all women he'd strangled. It's all women he'd strangled. Oh, no thanks. But why did I pick up in the car with him? What would I... I started thinking, what would I do if he tried to strangle me? Why did I think that? Fucking hell. It's a good story, though. It's a true story. Fair play. And obviously, the police took his fingerprints, locked him up straight away... I took him down to Southampton got lifed up yeah madness well look thank you very much for listening to uh, what was our paranormal spiritual hour today you know talking about weird and wonderful stuff I hope you've enjoyed it let's talk about some event stuff that we've got coming up um, if you would like to come and see Frankie at a live show soon I think this podcast is going to go out the day after we go to Blackpool North Pier Theatre but this is filmed the week before we are performing in front of what is almost a sellout crowd at the theatre. Um, are you feeling nervous about it? How are you feeling? Not really. I'm, I'm just sorry that we haven't got a show before it, you know, to kind of practice, but it'll be okay. Yeah. Are you telling yourself be it'll be okay or are you, are you confident Oh, no, no, it'll be okay. Be okay. Yeah. yeah. Are you excited or just a bit? What, how are you feeling about it? Really looking forward to it, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a great night. So uh, then we're in Liverpool, we're in Huddersfield. We've got some great shows coming up. We've just released a load of new dates. You can check them out on the website. It includes Sunderland, uh, Colne, which I don't even know where the well, fuck Nelson Colne is. Well, Nelson and Colne yeah. is north of Burnley, you okay. know, kind of like North Lancashire. We've got Colne, which is the municipal theatre. The point in Sunderland is now on the menu as well. We've also got Redditch Palace Theatre. Okay. We've also got St. Helens, which will right. be a boss one on your birthday. Great, fantastic. Um, I love St. Helens. That's going to be at St. Helens Theatre Royal. And there's one more, and that is not coming to me right now, but I'm sure it will do. But yeah, all the tickets are available online. You can go to frankieallen.co.uk or go to skiddle.com, type in Frankie Allen. All the tickets will be on there. And yeah, we're back on the road very, very soon. So the next time we record this podcast... It will be just before we're about to go on stage. Actually, we won't we won't have done a show by then, but uh, maybe we'll be very nervous, looking forward eagerly to seeing everyone at a live show. Well, I hope everyone's enjoyed uh, this kind of like uh, very different slant on a podcast talking about psychic things. But uh, I don't tell lies. Everything I've told you today is perfectly true. Do you people will be into it or do you think people will think it's too heavy? I think, I know. It's just like I know audiences will. Yeah. I know... I mean, I'm not being kind of like weird or whatever like that because I've worked on the clubs all my life, many, many years. I know you can point to someone in a crowd and if it's like a, a kid of 35, a fella 30, whatever, I can say, look, I know what time he got up today. I know what he's done. Mm. I know what time he left the house. I'll, I'll know how because I've worked on clubs and theatres, whatever, all my life. I'll know how much money he's got in his wallet. Yeah. I'll know what he's doing later on tonight. Yeah. I'll know what time you he goes to bed. You know what your audience is. Back you to know front. your audience. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just something that I know that I've done. So, yeah. 
So what I'm saying is, you think this audience, that, that's what you get into? I think, yeah, that the audience who are out there, people will be fascinated. We're all, even a lot of people who are kind of like deny things, you know, they go, oh, I don't believe in all that stuff. I mean, fuck it, hell. You know, it's nice and it's a good thing if you can get a feeling about something and you can avoid a tragedy. Great. Brilliant. Yeah, so I hope you've enjoyed it. If you've been watching on YouTube, do get yourself subscribed. There's only 80... Sorry, there's only 20%, should I say, of the people that watch the videos that are subscribed. And we've got 15,000 subscribers. So that would mean that we'd add shitloads of subscribers if everyone subscribed. So get yourself subscribed on there. Give us a thumb up on the vid if you've enjoyed it. If you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and you're listening to this, give us a five-star review. Only if you sound, though. And I'm sure most of you are sound. So nice one for listening in, people. Shout out to Jacob here at Liverpool Podcast Studios as well. Big up to Frank Yallen, the UK's most feared comedian. Big thanks to Jacob and thanks to Will Cranny. Very talented Will Cranny for organising all this today. And um, thanks for his uh, brilliant questions. Nice one. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting the Frank Yallen inheritance when all this money comes in. Don't know where it's coming from, but we'll see. And uh, nice one to nice one to that. Is that happening soon, do you reckon? I hope so. <laughs> right. Peace out, people. Enjoy your week in a bit.